Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, and welcome to 2024. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly time goes by. I think, don't we say this almost every single year, too? We do. It's nicer and nicer to get farther away from 2020 as we can. That's right? fair. <laughs> That's fair. Well, this is on, this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where we're having regular conversations trying to cultivate the space between you and your spouse. Uh, we want to explore wisdom and skills of the marriage and relationship mm-hmm. world's most brilliant minds because we want to help address topics that every relationship is going to face. And we want to offer conversations or starters. You can conversation starters in action. I guess I got to put all the words together now that we're in a new year. It's time yeah. to start having better English. There you go. Uh, but we want to propel your life and marriage into deeper and more meaningful directions. If you're new to the show, uh, check out uh, the episode Starter Packs. Go to smr.fm slash starter. These are collections of our favorite episodes organized by topic, and they give you a taste of everything we do here. And also, as part of the nation, uh, you are vital to helping frame the conversation, as in what we're going to be doing today Mm -hmm. is some feedback from last week's episode. Uh, But we want uh, to hear from you. So let us know, 214-702-9565 or email. Or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And as we're coming off the holiday season, you know, this is all winding down with this, the first show of 2024. And for most people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kids maybe aren't back in school yet, but people might be back to work uh, because, you know, we don't get the whole month off. Life moves on. (laughs) Like like our college daughter does. Right. but it's interesting because as we come off of the holiday season and you think of the time that we get to spend with family, uh, I'm a friend of, I'm a, I'm a fan of Mark Manson and he sends mm-hmm. out a weekly message on Mondays and it says one of the things he just sent is one of the most important things family teaches you is how to actively love a person you don't necessarily like. Mm. Wow, that's like a shot right across the bow, right? I think that's almost a direct hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to say it, simply... It can be very true. Maybe not for everybody, but it can be very true, true for a lot of people. That's true. But I think there's an element of we come from the school of belief that all families are crazy. They're just different mm. kinds of crazy. And when you when you get away from it, and in our case, create our own kind of crazy, yeah, yeah, because exactly that's what it is that we do here in our home. Um, one of the things he continues on to talk about is simply be with somebody without any desire to change them or control the interaction. So the goal is accept who they are and try to be drama free. Mm. That's the same kind of framework we use a lot of times in the idea of addressing the problem I have or the person I have or the spouse I have or the child I have rather than who I wish they were. Right. And so I love that idea of, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to look at things that I can't change in hopes of uncovering and discovering things that I can change. Yeah. Now that we're in 2024, Pam, one of the things that we have coming up is the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway, June 13th through the 15th. Uh, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at the Marriott Dallas-Fort Worth Westlake, which I'm, is just north of the airport. I'm already ready for the dance. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a Thursday afternoon to a Saturday night. We end with a dance, as my wife just alluded. Uh, but what we're trying to do now is we're, this is now that we hit the new year, we're starting to just promote and encourage people to come join us. And one of the ways we want to do this, we're going to do this for the entire month of January, so if any point during the month of January, you can enter a raffle to win 
the registration fee being waived, which is a $675 value, mm -hmm. to come join us on the getaway. So you'd still, you'd still be responsible for travel and your hotel and food. But the registration would be covered. And the way you can enter into this random drawing to get the registration fee waived is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be honest with the comment. It has to be a comment. You have to leave a comment in the reviews, right? Mm -hmm. And then send us the username to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com that you left the review. So two steps, leave the review. Two steps. And then send us the email with your username yep. so and we I'll can see it. And be honest with it about the show. This is not about the getaway. Be honest about the show. I mean, if, even if you don't necessarily like the show, but you want to come to the getaway, which is an odd paradox. Yes, that would be odd. <laughs> but I'm all for it. Uh, but leave a review. Give us the username that you left the review. Send that to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Let us know that you left the review. That enters you into a random drawing to get your fee waived. And then here's the second bonus. Even if you don't win the raffle, mm -hmm. uh, if you still want to join us, we'll take $75 off the registration fee for you. Okay, very cool. So in the month of January, that's, that's the only time you got. It's from the time this airs till the end of January. Enter in by leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. Let us know that you left a comment by, at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And come join us in June in 2024 because it's a fabulous four days together. So we'll do the drawing like the first week of February. Absolutely. All so right. hope to see you there and hope you win. And so coming up today on the regular version, uh, we're going to continue this kind of a conversation based off of what we did last week okay. uh, with the, my husband's lost attraction to me mm -hmm. uh, and lost yeah, desire towards me. Yeah, there was a reaction to that. There was. And we're going to look at this uh, a little bit of a different way, slightly, as well as... Uh, I've got an analogy interaction, like role play almost in a sense okay. of how, what does self-validated actually look like since that was kind of the frame from last, last week's show. Good. Good. And then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smr.fm slash academy. Uh, we're going to dive into the, the traditional thing we do at the first of every single year, mm -hmm. which is the three words. And we love the concept of rather than New Year's resolutions, we use three words. Yeah, to help, three words to live by. To live by, to frame the focus of the year, to, to have an idea of what am I really working towards. And so all that's coming up right after this. It's exciting to welcome a new partner here in 2024. AG1 is the supplement that uh, we trust and helps support my body needs for daily nutrition, mm -hmm. and it's so exciting to have them on the show as a as a sponsor. Now we gave it a try because we're being we're being healthier for the last um, three years now. Both right. of us um, been better about working out about what we're eating. Yes, and wanting to get all the nutrition we need. I mean, I love the immune system support that this gives. I mean, holiday season here, you know, sick ones in the house. Both of us. Felt fabulous. Yep. I'm starting off the day every morning, just like they say, before you put anything in your body, drink this. Right. And right. So it absorbs into the body better. Uh, and all the hormone stuff that's been going on. That's true. I like that was <laughs> a big like thing for me. This is like perfect timing to be on AG1 it for totally both of is. us. I love it. Because uh, I have felt energized and nourished 
and it, it is like you're talking about the idea that we've been really looking at how do we uh, attack each day when it comes to an attrition standpoint. And I still want to take shortcuts, but AG1 is a huge bonus and support for my nutrition and all that I need rather than a whole slew of supplements. It's, it's a great one scoop every day. And it tastes great. I like the flavor of it, yeah. Right. So it, it not only does this deliver the daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. Just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, because it's helped simplify the routines we both have mm. to, to get the support that it offers. Because at this part in our life, uh, man, it's I can be so nutrient avoidant at times just because other things get in the way. Mm -hmm. Well, AG1 makes it easy to keep it a part of my routine and keep it so valuable as we continue along in life together. So if you want to take ownership of your health this year, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and you get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash sexymarriageradio. Again, you get one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. So check it out at drinkag1.com slash sexymarriageradio. So last week's episode, as we wound down 2023, was a a wife that had emailed or sent a message in about how after doing the Our Intimate Choices worksheet, yeah, uh, her and her husband sat down and had a conversation, and he disclosed to her that he doesn't have any, he doesn't desire her. He's not, a, he's not attracted mm -hmm. to her, uh, which is a gut wrenching story and a yeah. common one too. But it's a yeah. gut wrenching yeah, story. Yeah, painful. To, to get that kind of information, to mm -hmm. get it confirmed, because one of the threads we went on last week, if you missed the show, actually, if you missed the show, head over there real quick, just back one week in the archives and listen, we'll wait. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, one, of the, one of the ideas that, we, that I believe in is oftentimes when I look back at things in my marriage, I can't necessarily put my finger on what it is that's going wrong, but I can pick up that there's something. And then when I get that confirmation, it's almost a two-pronged blow, if you will. One is the truth is now out between us. Mm. And the other can be a self-doubt of how did I not see this sooner? Yeah. What's wrong with me? How did I miss this? You know, because we can just beat ourselves up for stuff that wasn't our fault. No, no. I mean, I, in this situation, maybe he, he's just so low desire across the board. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does he have desire for, right? Mm -hmm. It may just be work or what. <laughs> so, yes, it, right. we, we got no control over what the spouse right. comes after. Right? But what, it, what we wanted to try to set the stage for was the idea that when, a, when the truth is actually out between you in the dynamic of your system, you're now actually in a better place to do something different. Mm -hmm. Whether that be stay or go, we're not going to necessarily address or, or say, here's what you should no, do one way the, or another. It's just that you have the data and now you know what to do with right. it. Right. And so a couple of different things came in. One was on the platform and one was via email at feedback at sexymergeradio.com. Okay. Right? And so the email that came in 
was from a husband that says, after listening closely to the show this week, I'm saddened by the story. While putting myself in her shoes, I could only imagine how devastated I'd feel after confirmation that I'm not desired. I guess my question is whether men would take this revelation harder than women. I want to kind of pause here because I'm curious about this because there is a distinction in how how information lands between men and women, but maybe not as big of a distinction as sometimes we can make it out to be. Yeah, because I would, I don't know, just based off of years with the show, I would think that um, it's a pretty similar response mm-hmm. is my guess, male versus female. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I'm wondering if there is a different kind of an ego hit. I mean, I think women get some validity from the fact that they think that they're seen as beautiful, that they're alluring, that they're sexually vibrant, something like that. But I don't know if it's the same energy source that it is for a man. <laughs> you think it's more so I don't for know. a man? I, I, I think there's going to be varied according to each individual, obviously. But... I think there's there. It's an interesting question to ponder. So I would be curious from the nation. What do you think? Yeah. Does this land different if you're a man or a woman? Well, based off of his response and her response, they sound pretty equal, right? Okay. This guy is right, especially he was saddened and devastating to hear. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like pretty similar responses for the two of them: one male, one female. Right. I, I think we're all human. I don't think this is a male-female line. No, I don't think it is either. I think uh, there's nuances that would be different between them, absolutely. Though. Certainly. Uh, but then he continues on. Being married a long time doesn't mean that we just have to accept news like this and live with it. I, for one, would consider this a serious breach of our wedding vows and might even consider it a deal breaker. Holding, holding out hope for decades only to discover that there's none is cruel. Knowing this and not sharing it with your partner is cowardice. As a man, I'd be furious. Your thoughts. This is a different take that I kind of thought of at one point because one of the ways that is, one of the factors that is evident in this dynamic is, is this a deal breaker or not? It's the same kind of comment we've had in the past over when a marriage goes purely sexless. Is the person that's no longer going to interested or willing to be involved in the sexual aspect of the marriage. Is that a deal breaker or not? See, and I see these as really far extreme. I I say they're extremes away from each other. Okay. I mean, you reference a a totally sexless marriage. Uh, Yeah. I think that one is a, um, you're not, I think that's a breach of wedding vows, right? Okay. I came into this situation um, anticipating that that would be part of our relationship. Mm-hmm. A, a sexual intimacy would be part of our relationship. Um, has this person, when they first got married, did they have in their mind that I'm the lower desire and I don't necessarily have a desire for you? I don't have this intense... Right. Yeah. I just swoon when you come into the room um, because maybe that's not in my makeup. We've seen a lot of Absolutely. people that um, I am, I, I can see how I could be perfectly, perfect is a bad word, 
um, totally devoted to you and love you as my spouse, but the sexual side yeah, is and- not a high desire for me. So can I make that? A deal breaker marriage, no relationship is about one aspect of that relationship. Good point. And that's where that feels like an extreme the other way where we're, we're indicting our spouse for maybe something they need to work on. They need to reflect on in themselves. Well, and this is, this is where it gets interesting because on the one hand, his, his comment of knowing this and not sharing it with your partner is cowardice, right? There's an element of the courage it takes to actually bring forward, here's the struggle and the dilemma I've got. And maybe, and I'll give people a benefit of the doubt, because sometimes we can't articulate it completely. We just know there's something amiss. We just know, yeah. and we can easily then internalize that as what's wrong with me. And so then we spend all kinds of time just escaping into other areas of our life that bring me satisfaction, validity, you know, importance, yeah. whatever it might be. Because we all, as humans, run from the things we don't understand most of the time. Yeah. Until we have courage to face it. And that's why when you have courage to actually put this out in the open, as devastating as it is, it actually is now in a better place to reorganize what is this really all about between us and within me? Yeah, I I think you've nailed it on the head. What really is going through my head with that comment, withholding is cowardice. And if I'm truly withholding something that I know and understand, I I agree with this email, Mm -hmm. right? If I know something's going on and... uh, I have an I have an issue, something that should be brought to the table, something that could help us figure out how right. to enhance and make our relationship better, or or um, I don't know, take away the tension and anxiety that we know is already there. So let's address it, right? At least we name the elephant. And name the elephant, but I do think, and and I say this from personal experience, I'm that person that can't sometimes put a finger at least just in the past I was right now. Now I feel like I'm better at pinpointing things, but there's a long period of time in our 30 years of marriage that I, I just couldn't pinpoint what mm-hmm. things were. And it's perfectly possible that this guy, it, it took them going through this exercise Fair. together. It took going through this, our intimate choices, mm-hmm. um, to help maybe finally make it materialize cleanly to be able to then bring yeah. it out to the level that's yeah. been brought out. Okay. Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. Now that it's asking me these questions and we're walking through it together, I, this is okay. this is the issue. Okay. But I'm, I'm not going to let people off of the cowardice hook, though. Okay. Go for it. Because most of what we will do, and let's make this more global than just this particular issue and this particular husband from last week. Mm-hmm. Most of what we will do, this is what I hear in my office a lot, is somebody's not interested, they've pulled back, they, but they still want to keep what it is they have Yeah. in the story of their marriage and life and family. Because we're not flippant about these things. There's big costs to, to big choices. Truly. And so I understand big how choices, people- Big choices, big reveals. <laughs> I understand how we can sit here not being in those shoes- 
and have an objective, quote unquote, view of here's what you should do. When if we were in these shoes, we would have no clue what's the best choice. It's basically what's the best bad choice Mm -hmm. that I need to look at. But I will say the cowardice comes into play in our nature as human beings when something's not working right with me, something's off, and I don't have the courage to truly face what could that be. Instead, I distract or I blame. That's where cowardice comes into play. Because I hear couples say from a sp- one spouse will say, you know what? I'm just not ever going to be that. It probably would be better if you just f- go find it someplace else. Just leave. I understand. And it's like I'm giving this blanket out without me being the bad guy. Yeah. When in reality, that is a one down victim move that's being a complete scaredy cat, if you will, <laughs> or coward yeah. of yeah. facing what's the dilemma going on in your life and then in turn your marriage. Yeah. And that's where we have to flip it because a lot of times we let, this is where we landed mm-hmm. um, and we need to pivot it. We let what my spouse thinks of me be the determinant of what I think of me. And so there, therefore, I could make it as, well, it'd be better if you just, and no, that's not me facing me still. Right? And so then what jumped onto the platform at my.smr.fm was an interaction I had with a guy that was talking about, he said, do you think this is a crucible moment required to make a transition to mature love? Meaning a higher desire partner has to call out when the lower desire partner is ambivalent or straddling. I saw this pattern in my own marriage and I see it the opposite in marriages that are stuck. Because it's basically, yes, I'm, I'm, and I put down, yes, this is a crucible moment, which is often required, but it, come from, it can come from either the higher desire or the lower desire initiating or standing up and confronting this first. This isn't just one side having to finally make a move. Fair. It's either side saying, wait, I'm going to really try to address this dilemma mm-hmm. in my own life and then in ours. Mm-hmm. Um, because he then continues it on with this all, this all too often, it leaks out this kind of a dil- dilemma as an emotional affair, a full-on affair, depression, anger, some somatic pain before Mm -hmm. someone finally mobilizes it. And then his quote was, I suppose the discomfort of no change has to be bigger than the pain of the status quo, which to then I replied is that is an excellent summary of critical mass. Yeah, we'll sit there and deal with the discomfort as long as it's Within our zone. As long as it's comfortable. As long as it's, right, right. It's just. That's uh, the devil I know scenario. Or it's just a little uncomfortable. It's not terrible yet. Well, it's, it's it's the framework of most people still to this day will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. Because the uncertainty is just more scary. I can't wrap my head around what will happen if fill in the blank. Yeah. If I actually spoke up about this, what would happen? If I actually went to counseling, what would happen? If I actually separated into another bedroom for a time or another home or left the marriage entirely, what would happen? I mean, we get locked in where uh -uh, I can't even explore that. And and that that means I have to swallow the known, the devil I know. Well, this is just my lot in life. And instead, it's no... I need to do the work that's way before even facing that kind of a choice. And is it 
is it that we as humans, when we are faced with uncertainty, we think of those scenarios that you're talking about and we assume the worst? Well, right? We don't see the good that right. can Some of come it's from protective it. because there's a lot of other scenarios that now all of a sudden come into play that weren't necessarily in play, as well as what's the cost to our kids, what's the cost to our our financial status, what's the cost to everything, you know, mm-hmm. because logistically that it changes everything. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of couples I've worked with too, over the 20 years of doing this, where they'll get in a situation like this. One of them's had enough. They really want to disrupt the status quo. And one of the easiest, hardest quote unquote steps to take is move into a different room in the home for a bit. Yeah. But what, how do we explain this to our kids? Well, then it becomes the, I imagine your kids already know something's up anyway. Yeah, we're not we're not that good actors and actresses. No, our kids are intuitive. They know they there's it. attention, and if they're older, they will they will voice as such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, at least we put it out in the open, because some of what that does is it takes it brings embarrassment into the equation, and having to actually face what we thought we had hidden. And some of the times we can't make these moves because I just can't think I can't see it. I can't see an alternative. I can't see a different way Mm -hmm. to frame something or address something. Right? Yeah. Because think think about our journeys of the gridlock things we've had, babe. Yeah. I can pretty well guess some of the different moves you you would make back when we were in these situations because we keep trying the same things over and over and over. Right. Like, oh, well, maybe this conversation will finally be the breakthrough. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe she won't overreact to this. Maybe I can finally soft start it well enough to let the message actually land so that there's no emotion. And then we have this civil conversation over it. And how'd that work out? It never does. No. Right. And until I recognize the goal isn't necessarily to try to dampen emotion. It's to face fact better. Yeah. And so here's, here's the exchange I want to give people as we kind of wrap up this segment. So the scenario is, it's, so we're going to pivot. It's not apples to apples with this exchange because I want to go a little softer to help give an idea okay. of what we're talking about. Okay. And so this is a couple, hypothetically speaking, that uh, they had a great sexual encounter okay. one evening okay. as they're heading to bed, right? So as the, as the evening and the day is winding down, they had a great sexual encounter. And so in the morning, uh, they wake up and in the morning, um, the wife remarks on the wonderfully intimate sexual time they had, right? As they're getting out of bed, getting the day started, to which the husband brusquely comments that he didn't find it wonderfully intimate or even sexually satisfying, Right, so now then the wife is so shocked. What made her? What made her think it was great? Well, but this, okay. this is where this is how it keeps going. So the wife is shocked, but how she allows that comment to affect her sense of self reflects whether she's capable of relying on self-validated intimacy, or if she depends on her husband's attitude to define her view of the sexual encounter, which is everything we talked about last week. Okay, so right? if she's relying on her husband's. If she's, if she's taking that stance, which is kind of a normal belief about intimacy, mm-hmm. where I let you have too much sway over my, <laughs> my, belief, my belief and my yeah. view, it's not that I don't have any of your input, but yeah. if I allow too much of it, if she has normal beliefs, she'll be thrown into a swamp of self-doubt. 
She could even begin to mistrust her own experience mm. and look to her husband instead for her sense of what happened to her. She could be even saying things like, gosh, maybe it wasn't so great. Maybe I don't really know what good sex is. Mm. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I didn't really feel what I thought I felt. I mean, self-doubt yeah. easily creeps in when I get that kind of a, a comment Absolutely. Back. Okay. Well, now switch it. If this is a marriage between two relatively well-differentiated spouses or two spouses that are a little bit better at standing on their own well two feet, or she is a half a step <laughs> ahead of him. That's the idea, Yeah. right? On the other hand, she would be able, a negative emotional response from one spouse doesn't have to have the power to suck the other into a vortex of anxiety and depression. So if that same scenario happened, the wife could trust the relationship she has with herself she could trust her own instincts and her own perceptions of what went down. And she may say something like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. I and the man I was with last night had a wonderful time. Who was the woman you were with and what was she like? And just kind of totally flip it back to him. Right, right. Because if I enjoyed the encounter, why am I going to let you get me down? Right. Because if the husband's just trying to hurt her feelings or play with her reality... It no longer works. That that move no longer works. Yeah. Now, it sounds like clearly there's something to work on. If if you have this sexual encounter and one of you is not satisfied and the other is, there's more to chat about on uh, how that goes down. There is, but some of that chat needs to be with self because yeah. he might be in the role in this scenario he might be in the role of he doesn't know what good sex is i, I mean he doesn't know how to seek what he wants himself he doesn't know how to bring himself forward he just follows a really good script that's pleasing to her and she had a fantastic time but he didn't well now we got a dilemma we need to face but he's got to face it in himself first yeah that's the whole point oh my gosh i love this example i love the the simplicity of this example because i think it probably hits home with a lot of people yeah and clearly defines self validation versus other validation right and right. and and that i don't want everything about me to be defined by you i've got to i've got to stand on my own two feet and it's a because it's such a common example, I think, mm -hmm. um, makes it super easy to see. Well, you can. Here's my next move. Oh, right. did I react poorly? Because my reactions to what you say to me then explode into other things. And you're not about getting to how can we make this sexual encounter better for both of us? Then we're about. Well, what do you think of me? You don't like blah, blah, blah. blah. And, it, and it's not on <laughs> and, target. And this, is, and this is that we got to find that that sweet spot in the continuum of I'm devastated and in this vortex of shame and, oh, it sucks to be you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where well, I'm uncaring and callous and cold on, oh, well, that sucks to be you. You know? And right. Because there's this element of we exist with between these, if you will. And the goal becomes, in my mind, and the work I do, the goal becomes, how do you have a better power stance towards the things that go on in your life? Because I love that framework of, oh, I and the man I was What's with this? had a wonderful time. Who was the woman you were with? What I, was she like? I know. I love that, too, because I foresee that couple in the coming months 
walking away with some amazing sexual encounters. Right. Because now the dialogue's going. Now mm-hmm. he's got his brain going of, oh, I got to step up if, my game because she's confident in and where she is. And if nothing else, let's end it with this. If absolutely nothing else is revealed than this, it's a win. Because what gets revealed is who are each of us in this equation mm-hmm. and where we're not fully aware of our own blind spots mm-hmm. versus the powerful stances we take of who we really are and letting people choose. Yeah. That's the goal of growing up. That's differentiation in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. On the cusp of a brand new year, it's often exciting to think about what's it going to be like this time next year? <laughs> what will have happened? What will, and I'm a little, that, that has a different feel to it now after all of 2020, 2021, <laughs> because we get exposed to a whole lot different of what the world can be. Yeah. Uh, but it's exciting to think about what the world can be. It is. Uh, because I don't know what everybody's 2024 has on tap for them as far as there's some big milestones coming up. There's some things that I'm not looking forward to, but the whole point of I think in life is how do I face it as cleanly as I can to make the best choices in those moments that I can. And then I figure out what the next choice is after that. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the way we get best in life in my mind is Mm -hmm. I face the truth of what I have as best I can in that moment. And then I adjust based on the response that I get back in return. Well, this has been sexy marriage radio. If we left something undone, Hey, we want you to let us know, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Also, if you like the show and you want to register to try to win and then get away, let us know. Leave a comment on Apple Podcasts and then send it to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, the username you used. Uh, But this helps spread the word so that other people can frame their conversations and face their lives and relationships hopefully a little bit cleaner. Transcripts are available on each of the show's pages at smr.fm. Also, all the advertisers' deals and discount codes, you can find all of those at smr.fm. So please consider supporting those who help support the show. Thanks for listening and starting out the new year with us, and we'll see you next time.